what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. This is Jezebel. She was dog poop on the fields of Jezreel. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You say, Brother James, that's just awful. How can a loving God do such a thing? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning. Turn with me, please, to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. We're going to read that first, and then we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 7. But beginning in Romans 12, verse 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now over in Second Kings chapter 9, the prophet Elisha has just sent a young prophet to the house of Jehu to anoint him to be the king over Israel. And this young prophet said to Jehu, 2 Kings 9, verse 7, Smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the house of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. And I want to stop right there and continue with the message we started last week, Vengeance upon the house of Ahab. Ahab and Jezebel were a deadly combination in Israel. The Bible says in 1 Kings 21, verse 25, that there was none like Ahab. He sold himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. That means that Jezebel incited Ahab to do evil things. Now, under the sound of my voice today, we have some young people in here, and I'm sure there may be some listening by radio today. When you're looking a young man or a young lady to whom you're going to marry, make sure that you are looking for someone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you, if, if you marry the wrong person, they can lead you down a road, my friend, as Jezebel led Ahab. She incited him to do evil, wicked things. And who you marry can have a big influence on your life. They can help you to draw closer to the Lord, or they can help you draw closer to hell. 
But of all the evil, wicked things that they did, taking the vineyard of Naboth was the last straw. The Bible says that Naboth had a vineyard that was next to Ahab's house. And Ahab wanted it. And Naboth said, God has forbidden me to sell my vineyard because it's the inheritance of God. They were not to give up the inheritance of the Lord that was given to them by their fathers and so forth. It was a sacred thing, and Ahab wanted to buy it. And Naboth said, it's not for sale. Well, this upset Ahab. He's crying the blues, and Jezebel said, What in the world are you crying about, Ahab? Well, Naboth, he won't sell me his vineyard. <laughs> she said, That ain't no problem. We can take care of that. So she concocted a scheme, and they killed Naboth. And then Ahab went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. And in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 18, God told Elijah to tell Ahab that since he had killed and taken possession of Naboth's vineyard, the place where the dogs licked the blood of Naboth, the dogs would lick his blood. In verse 21, God said, I'm going to bring evil against him. Every male in his family will die. In verse 23, he said, the dogs will eat Jezebel. And in verse 24, he said, the dogs and the fowls will eat your relatives. Now, I know it's not mentioned here, but Jehu and Bidkar were captains in Ahab's army. And they just happened to be driving Ahab's chariot that day and standing nearby when Elijah uttered these words to Ahab. These words were so powerful that they were forever etched in their minds. And it brought conviction to Ahab's heart because the Bible says that Ahab... Walk softly before the Lord. First Kings 21 verse 27. The Bible said he rent his clothes and put on sackcloth, fasted, and went softly. Oh, how I wish we had more preaching like that today in our churches. Oh, how I wish we had more preaching like that today in America. Preachers who will preach a word so strong that it is forever etched in the minds and the hearts of the people and, and, and preach a word that brings conviction. God help us today. We don't have any conviction in the church anymore. And it's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that moves upon the heart of the sinner to where they will accept Jesus Christ. As their Savior. But all the church today is all about making people feel good. I want you to feel good. But unless you feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and accept Jesus Christ, you're going to burn in hell. 
The only way you're going to feel good, my friend, is to give in to the call of God that's on your life and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and serve Him with all of your heart and soul. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. We need conviction in the church today. That only comes by preachers preaching the cross of Jesus Christ. And there's very little preaching of the cross nowadays. Ahab repented. In 1 Kings 21 verse 29, the Lord told Elijah, he said, You see how Ahab's humbled himself before me? He said, listen to this, because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring this evil upon his house. Understand this today, folks. Only true repentance before God can offset the judgment of God. Every single one of us are bound for hell because of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that judgment for sin is death, eternal separation from God in that place called hell. But if we will repent, repent, and accept Jesus Christ, my friend, that will offset the judgment of hell. Which means you do not have to go to that place. But repentance is more than just a one-time situation, folks. It is a lifestyle where you don't want to hurt the Lord. See, there's a doctrine going around today that, you know, once you get saved, you can just go out here and do whatever. God's grace will cover it. Today, Dane and I have been married 29 years. We are bound in a contract to be married till death do us part. We have a great relationship because I talk to her and she talks to me. But you know what? I can do some things that can really hurt her. And and, and if I don't repent of that thing and say, darling, I'm sorry, I'm going to be sleeping in the doghouse. You guys know what I'm talking about. You get to look. And you can turn your head and look the other way, but them eyes just burn the back of your head. (laughs) Believe me, friend, when we do wrong, God's looking at us. Are you hearing me? And when we do wrong, the Bible says we need to go before Him. If we'll confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You should live your life in such a way and say, you know, I don't want to hurt the Lord. Just like, fellas, you need to live your life in such a way so that you don't hurt your relationship with your wife. Wife, it's the same way towards your husband. And when you mess up, I'm sorry, please forgive me. This repentance of Ahab, it offset the judgment of God. But Ahab's repentance was short-lived. During a battle with the Syrians, the Bible says that a certain man drew a bow at a venture. He wasn't even aiming. He just pulled back the bow and just let it go. 
and he was running, thinking that he was going to get away. But God had that error and Ahab to meet in the exact same place at the exact same time. What are the odds of that? The Bible says that that error smote him in the joints of his harness. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And as one was washing the chariot in the pool of Samaria, the dogs licked up his blood according to the word of the Lord which he spake. Thirteen years later, Elisha sends a young prophet to anoint Jehu to be the king over Israel. And this young prophet said, 2 Kings 9 verse 7, Smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. From that moment on, Jehu set out to do just that. He was now the captain in Joram's army. And he figured that he would use this to his advantage. So he conspired to kill Jehoram. Jo Jehoram and Joram. It can be a little bit confusing. Sometimes people think that they're two different individuals because they're spelled different. But Jehoram and Joram is the same person. This man had done so much evil and had done so much wickedness that the Holy Spirit removed the Jehovah syllable from his name. Jehoram. Jehovah. The Holy Spirit removed the H-O in his name because he had done so much evil. God forbid that he ever remove his name from me. God forbid that he ever remove our names from the Lamb's book of life. And my friend, don't sit here today and think that once your name's written there, you're forever written in the book because the Bible says that names can be blotted out. And I stand here today and I'm not in any fear of losing my salvation, but I'm not foolish enough to think that things can't happen in my life to where I just voluntarily give it up. And my friend, there are people today who are giving up their salvation to satisfy the lusts of their flesh. They care more about the things of this world than they do the things of God. So he conspired now to kill Jehoram. Jehoram is recovering in Jezreel from his wounds which he had received battling with the Syrians. Ahaziah, who was the king of Judah, he was also with Jehoram. He was Ahab's grandson-in-law. And the watchman upon the wall sounds the alarm that someone's coming. They send out a couple of messengers to find out who it is because they're quite some distance away, but they don't come back. And Jehoram asks, who is it? Well, I don't know. We sent the messengers out and they ain't come back and I can see it still afar off. It looks like Jehu. Well, how can you tell it's Jehu? He's so far away. 
because he's driving like Jehu. He driveth furiously, the Bible says. 2 Kings 9.20. My friend, that's, that's kind of bad when people can recognize you by your driving. I'm preaching to somebody in this room. Right, Look right straight at me right now. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your wife. Look right straight at me right now. There's going to be divorce just as sure as the world. Driving like a Jehu. They don't know who it is. They decide they're going to ride out there to see who it is. And the Bible says in 2 Kings 9, verse 24, Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram between his arms, and the arrow went out of his heart, and he sunk down in his chariot. He told Bidkar, his captain, to cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For remember how that when he rode together after Ahab, his father, the Lord, laid this burden upon him. The Lord said, Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his son, saith the Lord, and I will requite thee in this plot, saith the Lord. Now therefore take and cast him in the plot of ground according to the word of the Lord. Now Ahaziah was standing nearby when he saw all this take place. He made a run for it, but they smote him in his chariot as well, and he died. The Lord said of him in 2 Kings 8, verse 27, that he walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of Ahab's house. And now there's one left, Jezebel. 2 Kings 9, verse 30. The Bible says that Jehu came to Jezreel, and Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face, tired her hair, and looked out the window. In other words, she was putting on some makeup, getting her hair did, trying to look pretty. She looks out the window, and she sees Jehu, and she hollers something out to him. And I've looked over this and read different commentaries on it this week. What she said didn't make any sense. And there's all kind of speculation on what she said and what she meant by that. And folks, today we've got leadership in this country that's saying all kind of things that don't make a lick of sense. And can't nobody make no sense of it. And judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. It's a shame. It's a disgrace when, when the media has to walk up to our president and take the microphone away from him because he just keeps babbling on and ain't making no sense. It's a shame and a disgrace. Amen. Our nation is weak today because of the leadership that I'm told that we voted for. I guarantee you had things gone a little bit different there wouldn't be any war with Russia going on right now with the Ukraine and this whole situation with Israel. None of that would even be an issue. But you know, the sharks can detect blood from afar off. They know when there's weakness in the water. 
But Jezebel, she's all fixed up nice and pretty, got her hair all fixed up. She looks out the window and she sees Jehu. And Jehu, he, she hollers something out to him. He looks up at the window. And he said, who is it that's on my side? Two or three eunuchs, they look out. And he said to him, throw her down. And she's way up there on the top of the wall. And the Bible said they just threw her down. They just threw her right on out the window. The force of the impact was so hard that some of her blood sprinkled on the wall and, and on the horses. And Jehu rode over top of her in his chariot. And that's awful. You think that's bad. Jehu goes in the house and sit down and eat after that. He's sitting in there eating. I guess he felt sorry for her. He finally told his fellows sitting around there, he said, let's go out there and bury Jezebel because she is a king's daughter. And when they went out there to bury her, all they found was her skull, her feet, and the palms of her hands because the dogs had eaten her. Now that's what the Bible says. 2 Kings 9, verse 35. Verse 36, Jehu said, This is the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portions of Jezreel shall the dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. I've got a routine every morning when I get up. Flip-flop, he's my little men pen, little fella. He weighs about, I don't know, about 10 pounds, 12 pounds, something like that. He sleeps under the garage at night, and when I get up in the morning, I take him out there in the yard and tie him to one of the pecan trees and let him, you know, stay out there in the yard under the pecan trees during the day. And I happened to be there in my study, and I was reading over this, which I've just read to you this morning. And um, I read this, and I leaned back in my chair and turned around and looked out the window, and I was locked in my thoughts. And there was flip-flop under the pecan tree, and all of a sudden he decided to do his business. This is Jezebel. She was dog poop on the fields of Jezreel. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You say, Brother James, that's just awful. How can a loving God do such a thing? Number one, God is holy, and he has all the information. That's why the Apostle Paul said, Romans 12, verse 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. We're not to avenge ourselves because even though we're saved, we still don't function from a perfectly pure heart. We're still flawed. 
And secondly, we don't have all the information regarding the situation. So how much vengeance do we take on a person for doing us wrong? Only God knows that. That's why Paul said we're to give place unto God's wrath. We're to put it in God's hands and we're to let Him take care of it. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Although these people met with horrible deaths, we have to understand that God did all that He could to save them. He sent two of the greatest prophets that ever lived, Elijah and Elisha, preaching like no other prophets before in history, performing miracles like no other prophet before in history up to that time. And still, these individuals would not repent, or if they did repent, it was short-lived. Today, God has done all that He can do to save us. He has sent His Son to die on the cross of Calvary for our sins. And all we have to do is accept that. We either accept the price that He paid or else we'll have to pay. And my friend, you never know when payment is due. Did you hear me? You never know when the payment is due. Just as God brought vengeance upon the house of Ahab, He'll do the same to those who reject Him. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, now is the accepted time. Today is the day. You're not promised tomorrow. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, 
Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.